Hey guys, Trey Llewellyn here with the wonderful Roland Frazier. Let me make sure the gallery. Okay. Now we get. Now we look good. All right. So, anyways, uh, Commerce Kings, we're ready to rock and roll. Roland's on here. If you don't know Roland, uh, you're living on the rock because this dude's like all over the place. You've done so. You've done so much. Uh, why don't you give us? Go. You kind of ran down a, a couple bullet points of what you know. What you what you currently do. You want to hit those again real quick so they know what you kind of are up to. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm generally the the, uh, the my my partners call me the adult, which I'm not sure if I like that or not. But uh, my my experience comes from I practiced law for several years and uh, had an accounting background, lots of business, bought and sold tons of businesses, um, taking companies public, taking companies private, uh, done lots of funding and things like that. So scale, leverage, buy sell business, those are kind of my you know strategic relationships and structuring. Those are all my uh, kind of special superpowers if you will those are some big so those are some big superpowers yeah and events i'm I'm pretty good at events also the events are cool too and and even the trade shows i think you did some did some work in too yeah yeah which is huge as well so um yeah there's i don't know there's like so many things to start with one time you you and i were having a conversation and because i thought i thought that you helped out doing direct mail and come to come to find out you're just like no i just do this yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I, you thought I was like a direct mail, like for clients. It's like, I don't have any clients. I said, I'll help you. Because <laughs> yeah, uh, you're feeding all this gold information. And I was like, okay, well, how do we get started? And you're like, you just go. And I was like, well, how do I go with you? And you're like, what? <laughs> I was like, it's so confused. So, <laughs> but it was amazing stuff. I actually still have my notes. So I would love to hit on that a little bit. Okay. Because direct mail fascinates me mainly because uh, I've learned a lot from you and Perry and Ryan on the e-com side and know that you got this direct mail piece because putting those two together, Jay Abraham calls that an atomic bomb, is it's just like, boom, you can do so much because you're receiving all that buyer data information that you have in the e-com space and to be able to do some direct mail pieces with that uh, is pretty powerful. So if that's cool with you, I'd love to just drill into some questions and, and see yeah, how do you... What do you even do? The first thing was, is you shared, so luckily I know a little bit now from your education. What was that one link you shared with me that basically shows all the direct mail pieces that are being sent out? Ah, that would be who's mailing what, who's mailing what.com, which is in the process of shutting down. We're working on seeing if we might be able to acquire that, uh, that database from those guys. Cause that's such a valuable resource, but I guess apparently like they sold an annual subscription for 600 bucks. So we go through and pull every control piece, meaning a piece that's actually we call a master control. So master control is a piece that's been uh, mailed year after year after year. And that means that it's just like an ad. If you were doing an online ad research, you'd say, man, if they've been running that ad for 762 days, that ad's working, right? So we will go down into who's mailing what and pull all of the master controls for a particular thing that we're doing and then find the, um, the commonalities in those, and then we'll start testing those online uh, or variations of them online or go to the people that wrote the original piece and see if we can actually license or acquire that from them if they're still around. So it's a, just a treasure trove of proven saleable copy. As a matter of fact, we just did that. We found uh, 32 uh, master controls and a particular area from a company that was doing something offline that we wanted to do online. They sold for several hundred million dollars. We basically took the model that we found from that and have been running it now for the last two months 
and are generating, I think we just, we're selling leads for $450,000 a month just from one little thing that we discovered through that source. So it's a, it's a powerful place to find business models and copy and headlines and leads and angles. Just unbelievable good. We're, uh, we're talking about a call center right now to take a couple of our offers on. And we're using it as a, as a, our offer is going to be like a bump offer. So mm-hmm. we're, we're reaching out to these call centers and these call, this call center, they're doing sweepstakes and it's leads to enter into sweepstakes. And then they sell them things after they've entered into the sweepstakes. Yep. And I was like, well, how many calls are you guys getting? And they said around 60,000, 60,000 per week. Right. <laughs> I was like, whoa. And they, and this is, they just do, that's like they're, business. I was like 240,000 leads a month. Yeah. Like it's, you're right. There's so many, I call them spheres. Like there's so many spheres out there. Like you have your generics, like doctor, real estate, insurance, things like that. And then you have the e-com space, which is its own sphere. Then you have uh, like remnant, like remnant newspaper sphere, uh, direct mail sphere. It's just really wild. But then as soon as you sector in two of those, it becomes extremely powerful, especially what you just said is, okay, here's a business that's working with direct mail. We know e-com really well. What if we can duplicate it or mimic it or model it? Slicing all the different components of where the money can be made too is, is pretty powerful. So like we're, we're primarily focused on a membership business right now more than e-com or anything else. We, we kind of pivoted our model because of the margins in membership versus the margins in e-com. And, um, so our buyers that we're getting, I think, I think in that business, it's about 100,000 buyers um, a month right now. And we're in the process of scaling that. But um, our buyers basically go into a membership, but then leads are sold and the leads sales basically dwarf the membership. So we're building the membership and that alone would be a cool business. But what really makes the tons of money is we'll get, let's see, it's, 15, 30, 45, $45 uh, buyer. Now those, these are buyers, not leads because we don't generally do opt-ins, but, um, but 45 bucks a buyer straight out of the gate. And then different verticals that are interested in those buyers. We've got one that'll pay us 250 a buyer, one that'll pay us 45 a buyer, one that'll pay us 57 a buyer. And they're in all these weird different verticals because they have correlated affinity to whatever these people do. So this mm-hmm. that buys this particular lead also is interested in this kind of cosmetic thing and this kind of financial thing and this kind of, you know, it's just really, really fun when you look beyond what you're doing yourself and say, well, what else, what else do these people buy and who else might be interested in having access to these people? That's pretty cool. It is really cool. How do you find buyers for the leads? Uh, we'll, we'll actually just go out. So typically, like you can go out and look for people who are buying financial leads or people who are buying cosmetic leads and stuff like that. So we just kind of reach out into that world and say, this is what we've got. And, uh, and they're like, yeah, we'll pay 57 <laughs> You know, it's pretty cool. Well, that's pretty sweet. We'll write you, we'll write you a nice check. It is. Yeah, it's cool when you can, when you have, so a good buddy of mine, uh, who was recently talking to, he has a website that's generating, I don't know, 20,000 uh, home real estate leads per mm-hmm. month. And he just found another associate who's also generating leads, but they didn't know who to sell them to or even how to sell them. He knew who to sell them to. 
He yep. reaches out to the other guy who's wanting to buy those, bridges the gap, becomes a toll booth, adds percentages both ways, yep. and just added $20,000 a month to his income. It's as simple as that, just buckling that in there. It's just little things like that that can make a massive difference. It's uh, really cool. What you're doing. I love, I love that technique. So okay. I think that's, I think that's also the easiest way to get started when people are like, you know, well, God, I mean, you know, I've got all these steps. I'm going to sell stuff online. So now I need to go and source something from China and find this piece and then buy some inventory or figure out how to do the drop shipping and then set up a Shopify store and integrate this and this and this and this and this. It's like, or you could do, do what your buddy did, which is like one of the first deals I ever did. You just put a couple people together and they're both winning and you're getting paid and you didn't have to set up anything. You didn't have to know any technical stuff. All you had to do was be a human being that could talk to other human beings. That to me is the ultimate place to start. And then we forget that as we get more technically savvy and successful. And we're like, you know, we do all this really hard stuff, like let's fly to China and let's go to this crazy factory out in you and, you know, buy this stuff and import it over and go through customs and blah, blah, blah. And all the time we forget that also we could continue to do this easy stuff. Right. And that's stacking of, uh, of skills and don't forget what you, you know, what the easy stuff is on top of the stuff that's hard, I think is important. And then the other thing on that I'd say too, is one thing that I noticed um, a lot of people doing, and it, it kind of came to uh, years ago at content and commerce, uh, one of our events for e-com, it kind of came clear. We were sitting in a room talking to Ezra Firestone, who has this, uh, this beauty business called boom by Cindy Joseph. And Ezra has been building that up and building it up and doing a great job. Super smart guy. And, um, he, uh, he said, man, the, the challenge is, is that I'm putting every dollar that I've got back into this boom business. It's like, it, it's profitable, but it's not like I make any money because every time I sell stuff, I have to buy more inventory, buy more media, hire more people. And it's just an endless thing. Now I'm building something that I can sell, I think for a lot of money down the road, but for cash flow, he does his mastermind and sells this little bit of software and stuff like that. And I, it, it really hit, uh, Perry and I were talking about it after, it's like really hit us that, that it's important in these businesses for people to have a cash flow business and the big build business. So like, you know, you're building your e-com business, but if you don't have that cash flow business, whether it's selling leads or doing a toll booth thing, like you said, or having a mastermind or selling a little bit of software or something, then it's really hard to make any money, you know, take home money until you get the exit. But that could be five years down the road, right? So I think that's a really cool thing to keep in mind too. It's, uh, it kind of goes along with Amazon because yeah. Amazon's never made a profit, but they're, they're a massive business. Well, so last year, Amazon made uh, $2 billion on about um, $80 billion of sales in North America. But the really insightful thing to me is that on... $12 billion of sales from AWS and AWS was the cash. So Bezos said, you know, several years ago, why don't I let all my infrastructure be available to, this is a huge expense for me. Why don't I defray that by letting this be available to everybody as well? And people were like, you're crazy. And I remember reading the, the news, you know, in the magazines and news articles when he started doing that, they were like, he's an idiot, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So last year, 80 billion of North American sales of Amazon, 2 billion in profit. 12 billion in AWS sales, 3 billion profit. So he made six times as much profit, 85% less sales. 
Think about that. That's crazy, right? So it's it's really funny. Um, that cash business thing, even the big guys do that, right? Be smart. Yeah. I, I, lo- I love it. That's what's, I mean, it's, it's interesting and it's intriguing to see just all the different opportunities and what is out there, just kind of chatting here with you and just having a candid conversation, which is that's what this podcast is all about, to kind of open up and expand your mind of things that are out there. So what is, what is some good ways, so let's go back to direct mail because we, we started talking about all kinds of different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so back to direct mail, what would you say is, like, what about ride-alongs? What about, what about things that people could do that they're already possibly mailing? So for, like, for us, we, we send out a welcome kit every time someone becomes a member of our program. So should we be doing things like stuffers in those? Or uh, what about an ascension ladder have you seen, such as a program for $1,000 or $2,000 after somebody buys your front-end product, and that can be a direct mail piece? Do you have any? Yeah, so direct, direct mail is interesting. It's, you, you typically want at least a couple hundred dollar thing that you're selling if you're, if you're mailing cold. And so mailing cold, you're, you're generally looking. It depends. So what you're talking about is if you're already sending mail to somebody, can you send them something that offers them ascension? Absolutely. Does it work? Absolutely. Can you send them, uh, if they're already on your list, can you send them something that will lead to a bigger sale. So we're getting ready to do Traffic and Conversion Summit in a couple of weeks, and we just mailed out uh, to every attendee a, uh, an invitation to breakfast, to apply, to come to a breakfast. And at the breakfast, we'll um, reveal really cool, wicked smart things that are happening in our War Room Mastermind, and we'll sell our $30,000 War Room Mastermind. So that's basically an event sale to a list mail to a breakfast to a mastermind, right? And I think sell about a hundred of them. So, you know, that's 3 million bucks and every 3 million bucks helps. So that's, so can you send things like that? Yeah. And when we're sent, when we send out packages or welcome kits, we do send bundle in offers or bind in offers or buck slips, which is a little piece of paper that says, you know, would you like to take advantage of this? Um, I think in every package that you send, it's a mistake not to send an offer. And um, also, we do, and I've seen Russell Brunson do this and a couple other guys as well. Uh, when we send the package on the, on the front of the package in what they call the teaser copy, which is the envelope copy, when they open the package, the envelope has wait before you do anything, call this number or text this to this number. And then that gives them a message that encourages them to consume the thing that's in the package and also gives them an offer to do something else. So yeah, mm-hmm. man, there, there's a lot of ways to do that. And then on cold offers to mail, you want it to at least be a couple hundred bucks because you got to do the math and say it's going to probably cost you about a buck a letter between the name, the package, the envelope, the postage uh, to get everything out. And it, in our experience, it's about $179 is kind of the lowest thing that makes sense to sell cold via direct mail. Now, that, that can drive people to a web page or a phone number or a reply, a BRE, business reply envelope, which would be a direct mail response. But we typically don't use all three of those uh, ways to get in touch with us. A lot of people, I think, make the mistake of saying, call us or go to this website or return this. And that that doesn't generally, I find, perform as well. Mm-hmm. So that that's kind of, those are kind of the ways that I would go after direct mail. But so here's... here's- so the really funny thing is that it, that I just 
it blows me away that people don't do this, but if you've got full records, meaning you've got a mailing address or you can append it using a service like Tower Data or Melissa Data or something like that, uh, if you've got a full record of a buyer that bought something, definitely send them direct mail offers because they will buy through direct mail too. And people don't think about that. They're already buyers. So it's the best, warmest, hottest lead that you could possibly have. And anybody that's in the direct mail business would kill for it because uh, it's got recency, you know, especially if they're multi-buyers, they've got recency, frequency, and transaction size, you know all those things, then that person's very likely to buy again. And they'll buy through that, that uh, mode as much as they'll buy through anything else. So here's something we're, we're, gonna th- we're doing, we're doing. So we just, we just applied for the wonderful uh, no postage due. Mm-hmm. So that was nice. Mm-hmm. So that took three months to get. Nice. And we have that now. And what we're going to do on the other side is, so, so they're going to get a packet. It's going to have a couple pages in it to upsell them. They're already a buyer, warm buyer. We already have yep. their, you said, full data. And, or full, you call it full record. Mm-hmm. And so what, what I look at as a full record is we also have their credit card. Yep. And so what we're going to do is to take the pain away from having to write down their address and having to write down their credit card. All we're needing is them to sign. Yeah. So, and then when they and then and they mail it back. So basically, here's an offer for nine hundred ninety-seven dollars or two payments of one ninety-seven or whatever. And then they mail it back. We have that signature which says, "Hey, yes, charge my credit card on file." And then boom. Have you tried anything like that? No, uh, I, I like it. The only thing I would suggest that you do for your own protection is I would put on it charge credit card ending in and then blank out everything except the last four digits so that you have the ability to say, you know, they'd be, well, anybody could sign that. And at least you'll tie it to a credit card and you'll have a specific number you can reference that they sign. And if you had to produce that as a record to your merchant, then, uh, then that would allow you to do that. That looks good. Well, yeah, we're also going to call them. So I love it. I think it's great. Yeah. I think it's great. I love persistent, uh, credit card data now. So basically for up to a, a pretty long time, we don't usually go past 60 days, but you know, it's just a one click, just put charge my, it's like Apple, right? Or it's, I like, like jet. Have you ever, this is the one I want to do is uh, on jet. You, buy, um, you buy with your fingerprint. And so like, I'll be looking at something and I'll hold my phone in a, you know, on the side with my finger on the fingerprint as I'm looking for it. And I'll accidentally buy something. <laughs> So easy. Uh, I think that making, making that friction go away is brilliant and making it go away via direct mail. I think you're very, very smart to do that. Okay. Well, when Roland says I'm smart, that's a good sign. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when I don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> so that's, that's what, that's, I don't know. That was a cool idea I thought we had. And it was like, let's do direct mail. I'd love to hear how, how it works. Me too. Me too. We got 4,000 people we're going to send it to. And it's a, about a $797 product. Uh, all digital. So I don't nice. know. They're all buyers and they all seem like they're excited about it. We have, we have people who call in and they, they just call in to say, Hey, I want that. They've seen it before. So they saw it on an upsell, but didn't take it. And so that's really good of proof of concept that people are already wanting it. If they're just calling right. in random and saying, Hey, by the way, I, I want that product. Nice. So, I don't know. I think a direct mail piece to that is, is a, is a, is a home run. I uh, love it. Because the way I, the way I look at it is, like you said, it's going to cost us a dollar to send out the the postcard, which is named and stamped, and then the packet or whatever, and that'd be like four thousand dollars. But if we get at least, I think one percent on that, that'd be forty people at seven ninety seven, 
right? Is that the right statistics? Yeah. 1%? Yeah, 32 grand-ish. At Ford, yeah, so that's not bad, right? Every 32,000 helps, I've always found. What's that? Every 32,000 helps. I've said that since I was very young. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Every t- well, compared to your 3 million, I mean, you know, it's crumbs, but we'll take no, it. No, I'll tell you, um, but like it, it's, it's, and a lot of people I think are afraid to send big offers too, but uh, I know Frank, uh, my buddy Frank Kern, uh, he sends out uh, $100,000 letters. And uh, I think the last time he sent it, he got like 20 or 30 responses uh, out of, uh, I don't know, he sent like 1100 or so. That's amazing. And then from that, whittled it down and, and you know, took a couple of them. So it, there is money out there for everybody. Uh, and, and don't think that direct mail is a great channel. I think that's the big, you know, the takeaway for people is definitely test around it. So to kind of uh, end this one before we go behind the scenes, what would, since we just kind of ended the year, what would you say going back of like looking at 2017, what were some of your biggest wins? Biggest wins. Um, we have three companies that we're in the process of selling right now. So having, um, having the, having had the patience over the last five years, four years, depending on the company to, really get those set up in the right way to sell and then being, you know, it's, it's a deferred gratification uh, as you make some decisions like a decision in digital marketer to go from selling one time sale courses to setting up a subscription service for monthly recurring revenue. But we did that because we knew that that would increase our valuation four to five times. And we did that. And now we're seeing the fruits of it. it. painful for, you know, 2014, we made the decision, 2015, 2016, we've kind of put all that into play, migrated everything over, and 2017 got kind of back into the stride that we wanted to get into in terms of growth, and now we've got people kind of uh, chomping at the bit to buy that company. That's, that's exciting. So I think, I think the biggest wins uh, were adjusting all of our business models. We, we really spent, sounds like, you know, not as cool as, you know, well, if you tick this box and use this tool, you can do this. But, but the big, big money comes from those strategic things, not from those little things. And so I think that that was the big thing for us was, was really getting validated that the moves that we've made over the last couple of years were really smart by having so many people now that are interested in buying three of our companies and then having two companies that are up and coming that I think will also be really good spin out companies over the next couple of years. What, uh, what, what, when do you sit down and you say, you know what, I think it's time to sell. What are your kind of like the green lights to sell? Yeah, it, it's, um, it, it's a good question. There, there, it's what, what drives value. So when you get to typically you want to be at least $10 million plus in sales and at least a couple million dollars in EBITDA earnings before interest depreciation taxes and, and um, that, that is a, when you get to that mark, you're in a different group of buyers. You go out of like individual business brokery kind of buyers and into institutional buyers. And especially as you crack through 20 and 30 million. So I think, I, I think you really want to say, depending on where you want to sell and how much you want to take off the table, how fast you want to be uh, in that 10 to 50 range with one and an EBITDA to, to really, really, you know, get a good lick. And then, um, 
to get your company ready for sale, you want to have no one customer, no one product, no one channel, more than 20% of your income. You want to have uh, standard operating procedures all documented so that anybody that uh, is coming in knows that if somebody who's a key employee leaves, they will be able to be replaced. You want to have incentive retention agreements in place with your key employees so that they will most likely stay. Um, you want to have financial statements ideally audited. And you want to have all of your intellectual property documented and registered and protected. And one of the things that will really help in selling a company for a good price is if you have defensible IP, meaning that you have some sort of intellectual property that gives you a, a competitive advantage over everybody else. And it could be a patent or it could be even a customer list. Uh, or it could be middleware. Like we have a software that we built to build funnels fast in Limelight, uh, which is otherwise really hard to build funnels in. And so that that is an advantage to us because we don't need techies to build our funnels. We can have our marketing people build our funnels. And, uh, and that's pretty cool. So those are... Those are a few of the things. There's like 12 different things we look at. And so as we go through each business or as we acquire or start a new business, we start with in mind, we're planning on selling this. Yeah. And even if you're not planning on selling it, I mean, even if you didn't ultimately sell it, structuring it as if you were planning to will make it run better. Oh, yeah, of course. Like some of that stuff you're saying, like, mm-hmm, got that, got that. Don't have that, but have that, which is, which nice. is interesting. So nice. how you, so last question before we go behind the scenes. Yeah. Let's say, so I have a $10 million business. It's doing two to 3 million EBITDA. What does something like that sell for? What can I, uh, what kind of business is it? Is it a software business or an e-com business or? Let's say it's an e-com product business. E-com product business and it's doing what? Two, three and EBITDA? I'm making up, I'm making up numbers. Yeah, um, I know. Sure. Yeah, two, two, three and EBITDA, you're probably looking at, uh, between four and eight, four and eight mil. depending on a lot of factors. Yeah. Software is the big one, man. If you can get into a subscription software business with monthly recurring revenue, you're talking about a four to five times your, your net sales. Meaning let's say that you're, you're making a million, but you're making a million off of 5 million, then you're going to get 20 million for that business or 25. That's kind of exciting. Hmm, so, that's great. Like we went from a, from a publishing business which has multiple right now of 0.91 on sales. So if we were doing $10 million in a publishing business, it would likely sell for 9.1 million. But if we are doing that as a software business, then it's probably going to sell for 40 or 50 million, right? That's a, that's a huge difference. If we're doing a financial services business that has a software component, it's probably going to sell for 70. Million. So it's really like we look at, what are the trends in what businesses are selling for and what are the characteristics of the businesses that are generating the greatest sales and we work towards making our businesses look like those because when investment bankers and financial buyers and strategic buyers look at buying a company, they look at what are called comps or comparable sales. So if you're looking like other businesses that have sold for a premium, then you're most likely to be valued the same as that business that got sold at a premium. Sure. Seems like real estate. You know, they look, they look around. It's exactly like real estate. And it's like buying companies. If people are so, if people are like, you can buy real estate for no money down, but I can't buy that company because it's doing 25 million and I don't have 25 million. It's like, you can buy that company for no money down too. You just have to be creative enough to figure out how to do it. <laughs> I love it. It is very true. It is very true how that works. All right. So Roland, uh, 
obviously you guys are doing TNC, so go to that. Uh, traffic yes. Is it trafficconversion.com? Trafficandconversionsummit.com. Summit.com. That's where that is. How do they, and if, uh, you want, if you want, if you're listening to this, you can use uh, I'm Smarter, I-M-S-M-A-R-T-E-R, and get 300 bucks off. How about that? For your- that's huge. So that'll, yeah, because, okay, they got, they got time to do that, too. They'll have time to do that, which is cool. So they appreciate that. I appreciate that. Nice. Um, okay, so let me, let's say bye to these guys and then flip it around for our behind the VIP guys. And uh, I'm not going to because I got three questions for you. We'll hit that. So give me one second. Thanks for being on here, by the way. All right. Thank you. Bye.